I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Len Tizo is a Gallup Certified Strength Coach and a Certified Professional Coach through World Coach Institute. He owns Tizo Transformational Coaching where he helps people to target their strengths to transform their life. Today, we will be discussing Strength Finders, what it is, how it helps, and ways this tool can move you toward health. Welcome, Len. Thank you, Beth. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you in the studio. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us about your journey to Strength Finders. Absolutely. So I was in um, grad school a few years back, and one of the Um, tools that they use with a lot of the students from a leadership development perspective is StrengthsFinder. Mm -hmm. So I took the assessment um, myself and integrated into some of the classes that we had and some of our breakout sessions were helping us to actually identify our strengths after we received our results and then find ways to integrate those into the work that we were going to be doing moving forward. And I thought to myself as I was going through that process, how affirming seeing a, the results of an assessment like StrengthsFinder was and helping me to identify a little bit more and have a little bit more language about who I was and the way I'm wired. And I found that to be a really useful introduction you know, to the tool and one that um, really gave me some really positive ideas of how I could shape my work the teams I would work with in the future um, and ways I could actually even invest in other people to help them do that themselves from a leadership development perspective. So that was my sort of introduction to, and that took place over the course of a couple years. Um, Next, after that, my wife actually went to a person that's my mentor coach now um, for some life and career coaching. And she took the assessment at that time herself. And as she was talking with our friend, um, Jim, um, he really unpacked the power of strengths finders for her as well. And so kind of in tandem with those two experiences, both my own experiences and then unpacking that with my wife, I really began seeing how this could be a really useful tool when working with other people in professional contexts, how it could help people understand themselves in their social relationships, how they could even be healthier in their life by focusing on what they're already good at. And so I launched an executive coaching practice after I wrapped up at grad school. And one of the first investments I made was to become certified as a strengths coach through Gallup because of the positive experiences I had and my desire then to help other people shape their lives around their strengths and around the strengths of the people closest to them as well so that they could be happier, more successful, more engaged, and more productive. That's great. So tell us what StrengthFinders is. Sure. So StrengthsFinder is a really interesting tool. At least I found that to be the case um, in the time I've been working with it. The backstory is that there was a gentleman named Don Clifton who 
um, worked with a team of other PhD psychologists in addition to himself from an organizational consulting perspective. Um, He was based out of the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. um, And as they were working together, they had developed some assessment tools they could use with different types of organizations to help those organizations um, retain um, employees, engage employees, um, help them be more productive, and help them um, be overall you know, more profitable as well, too. And what they found over the course of time was that there, is, there was a way to standardize their testing process, because this is all scientifically valid data process, data that's gone into StrengthsFinder, and they essentially standardized the process for use across any industry and any sector, as opposed to being specialized for particular sectors of the companies they had been working with before. So in the 1990s, um, after his company, Don Clifton's company and Gallup, um, I believe had merged together or getting ready to merge, um, there was a book that was published called Soar With Your Strengths that Don Clifton and the other folks published. That was the first chance that anyone in the general public had to take the assessment tool. And so what was interesting about it was it began to evolve over time, and there's been a second launch of it since then. And the value of StrengthsFinder is it helps anyone who takes the assessment, and it's a quick assessment. You can do it online. 30 or 45 minutes, it really ends up saying, how do you, how do you um, lean in one tendency or way you know, versus another? But the idea is to uncover that raw material of our talent and strength and then give us in the output um, a description of our top five characteristics, what our best potential strengths are, as well as some ways to explore those strengths further so we can invest in them even more individually through coaching, through practicing, through meeting with others that have gone through this process of assessment and investment um, themselves too. But the entire point of this is to provide people with a chance to have language around what makes them unique and how they can live into that uniqueness and the way that they're wired. So how many strengths are there? There's, interestingly, there's a total of 34 that come out in this um, assessment. And then what Gallup does is it helps people to see their top five, which are the ones that they use most every day, pretty typically. And to kind of give you a little further description, we can kind of think of it as like raw material. Like if we have our iPhone and there's all the different raw materials that go into our uh, making an iPhone, Um, What we want to do, what Gallup does is help us identify those pieces of raw material that we can then say, okay, now we have language around the way we're uniquely built, the way that we think and breathe and act and live. And now we can make investments in those to transform them from kind of raw material, which we sort of might be aware of or might have been juggling around in the back of our minds into something that's more um, cohesive, better understood, and can be applied more productively. So there's a total of 34, and people typically use their top five or top 10 on a recurring basis. Okay. And then once you receive those top five in your assessment, what do you do? Great question. There's a a little formula um, that's really helpful to think about. Um, And it's a, a, I'm going to get nerdy here for a second. It's a talent times investment equals strength. And the idea there is to say, okay, here's the the report says, here's all your potential strengths or the raw material of your talent. And then each person that takes the assessment gets a report that says, okay, here's a description 
of what um, what these talents might look like in you. Um, and here's some ways that you might identify with those. And then here's some possible ways to put them into action. So let me unpack that a little bit more. Um, one of the things that um, I like to do with some of my coaching clients is actually to say, okay, for the paragraph or two description of each strength, maybe you want to go through and say, okay, here's a word or a phrase that resonated with me. And you might want to then even go to maybe a significant other or a close friend or someone that you trust and say, hey, these descriptions of me, you match or not match. And generally speaking, what Gap has found is they're pretty good indicators of the way um, that we are wired if people go into the assessment, you know, with an open mind, without any hidden biases. Mm-hmm. And so once you sort of get that understanding of almost naming what your strengths are and beginning to develop some language, then there's a process of saying, okay, once I sort of have an idea of what I'm really good at, um, it might be, um, for example, you know, going up to people and, you know, saying hi to anyone in any social setting. My wife has a strength called woo, you know, that mm-hmm. she that works really well for her. Other people might have a strength like um, achiever, which is one of mine, which is um, to make sure that whatever task or series of tasks we're working on get fully completed and get completed well. So um, once we go through that process of identifying those strengths and finding what they are, we can then start asking others that we trust to say, yeah, does that look like it's me? Does that not look like it's me? And generally speaking, the answer is yes. And then there's even some ideas on the Gallup website, or if you buy a book like StrengthsFinder 2.0, of very particular steps you can take to then invest in those strengths. It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, if we have, we might have the most natural strength um, in the world. We We might potentially have the chance to have fast times when we run a 5k or a 10k but until we go through the process of training that's just our potential what is most useful is when people actually say okay now that i have this language and now that i know that i have these area of talents how can i productively apply them so working with a coach definitely helps to set goals um, around that um, understanding um, what some of the upside and what some of the downside is about how we're wired to and also developing an understanding that this is me. I don't have to be anyone else. Mm. And that was sort of the underlying premise behind the way Don Clifton and the other folks um, developed this assessment in the first place was Don Clifton asked the question, what if we started um, asking the question, what is right with people, then fixating on what's wrong? So kind of the pro- after seeing a report like this, it's almost liberating to say, yes, now I can see how I'm uniquely built and how I'm uniquely shaped. How can I take and make an investment in myself? Or if you have information about other team members or even spouses who I sometimes coach two of them, um, you know, together, how can we invest in our collective, um, you know, couple or team or organization so that everyone is using their strengths on a recurring basis? So that's one of the steps that can happen or several of the steps that can happen. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I do think a lot in, especially the medical world, yes. uh, we tend to spend a lot of time on diagnoses and negative right. things yes. that are going on in your body. And rarely do you get to go somewhere and hear the positive things. But, you yes. know, just in psychology, you've got the DSM. I mean, you've got, you know, all these different di- disorders and diagnoses and right. to spend time focused on what is wrong with you, um, that sometimes isn't that helpful. I mean, even 
from a physical therapy standpoint, you know, when someone gets diagnosed diagnosed with a meniscal tear, yes, um, just even literally knowing that and thinking about your knee and all your attention goes to this mm-hmm. n- negative mm-hmm. aspect, how much that can sometimes not be helpful. So I just think uh, this is an amazing tool that you can have an assessment and kind of learn what's what's good about you or kind of where your potential um, strength could be. Exactly. And and to kind of add to that a little bit, Beth, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, we've probably been in situations before, you know, either growing up when we were in school or in different jobs we've had where, you know, cultural pressures, cultural norms, whatever you want to call it, you know, start telling us we have to be great at everything. You know, no matter what, we have to be a jack of all trades. We have to excel in everything we do. Well, that can be a really daunting um, prospect to a lot of people. You know, myself and many of my clients included think that we have to really cover the gamut of everything. So what's freeing about something um, like StrengthsFinder is what we find is how we're different than others, how we're unique from one another, and how then when we see what we're particularly good at, what can happen as a result of investing in ourselves. I want to give you an example, if you don't mind. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, There was a study that was done a few years back, University of Nebraska, um, around speed reading. And what was interesting about it was the goal was to kind of test out, you know, how the speed reading course would work. And so two groups of potential students were brought in and they were each, each group was assessed for, you know, how fast they read essentially. And so, um, the groups that ended up being like the average readers started off reading about 90 words a minute. Um, and they went through the entire um, class, all the speed reading techniques that had been um, presented to them. And they were retested at the end and they were at 150 words a minute, which is, you know, a pretty good improvement. What was interesting was that the second group of uh, um, students were those that already were naturally gifted in reading fast they started off reading 350 words a minute. So over double what the other students had gone through once they completed the class. And no joke, they ended up reading 2,900 words a minute. minute. So the reason I share that story is it's just a great example of how if we're intentional about investing in the areas where we're naturally wired, the ways we think, the way we breathe, the way we act, the way we behave, the way we interact with other people, and we're intentional about it, investing our time and investing our resources in the in these places that, that we already naturally think of and are naturally wired to do can lend itself to those kinds of exponential returns on investment. Um, it's not to say that we ignore the things we're not good at, but it gives us a chance to say our best chance for success is leveraging what we're already good at rather than um, weakness fixing. Can I give you? Can I give you another? Sure, I'd example? love a, a specific example from you. Yeah, like absolutely. Maybe one of the strengths that you um, have, and then how you've Absol- invested into that. Definitely, definitely. Um, one of my uh, mentor coaches, another gentleman that you know taught the class I took um, at Gallup, um, was you know teaching the course, and there were several other students that were going to be certified as Gallup's uh, Gallup Strengths coaches too. And he identified something sort of unique in me, and I hadn't really put my finger on it, even though I had taken the assessment 
itself. So we had a mock coaching conversation, and he and I have kept in touch since then. And in our most recent conversation, he re-articulated to me something that is a little bit unique about me. Um, My top five in Gallup are achiever, learner, connectedness, includer, and arranger. And they're a little bit relationally focused, some executing focus, but there's a strong component of how do I take in information. And that learner component is something that sometimes folks that have learner in their top five, it's all about the process of taking new information and being exposed to something, the excitement of coming up the learning curve and how it's great to learn a new language, learn a new skill, um, you know, read a book and take another author's idea, um, whatever that would be. Um, But for me, what I found is it doesn't just stop with me simply learning. When we combine that with Mm -hmm. Achiever, um, which is the kind of desire to make sure something happens and gets executed and actually gets put into motion, Um, when those two are combined together, what it suggests is when I take information in, I try to turn it into something that's practical that can be used within a business context or with whatever context I'm in. And what he found was that a lot of folks that um, are in sort of the strengths finder world, so to speak, um, they like talking about their strengths. They like exploring them. And while there's value in them, what he said um, was unique to what he found in me and I found to be helpful in my coaching practice is it's about how can that be translated into something effective, you know, for clients, um, you know, for my own practice. And so what I found is that I'm willing to take on a new idea. Um, you know, whether it's um, helping, you know, other clients explore particular ways they might be able to interact, you know, with one another in their teams, whether it's um, an activity or a framework that can help reframe strengths in a new way, but doing so in a way that there's a practical outcome where there's actually a next step involved, as opposed to just being a theoretical, you know, conversation. So that's one of, you know, several examples of how once I realized not just what my top five were, but how they sort of interact with one another, it gave me more clarity um, and it gave me more focus. So learning is not just about learning, it's about teaching. It's about helping others take action. It's about helping others take that next step based upon what I've learned and hopefully can help them learn and translate into success and productivity for them as well, too. Yeah, no, that's great. Thanks for sharing your top five. Yeah, I mean, I took this Strength Finders test maybe about 15 years ago. Okay. And um, my strengths are, if anyone is interested, um, it's activator, communication, Mm -hmm. communicator? Yes, communication, yes. Communication. Yes. Developer, connectiveness, and I always forget one of them. Um, But just in doing the Strength Finders, for Mm -hmm. me, it was really helpful to see that a lot of my strengths are in the – like moving things forward. Yes. Yeah. And so it's really good to partner with people who have um, maybe a bigger perspective or more visionary people. Yes. So my strengths tend to, um, you know, I'm like hands and feet. Yes. I can get things done. I, you know, give me a couple tasks and I can just make it happen. Oh, right. arranger. Yes. Arranger. That makes perfect sense. Arranger is yes. my top. Yes. Okay. So just learning about myself. The arranger, I just had no idea other people didn't wake up in the morning and want to maximize their day. I just literally, I really didn't know other people didn't wake up and just think 
like my brain did. So right. um, it was really helpful for me to kind of learn that, learn it about myself, but also to know I can work really hard at something, mm-hmm. but I might not be working at the right thing. Right. Yeah. So it's really good to partner with maximizers, yes. maybe people in that quadrant, because I took that class from you, which was really right. helpful. Right. And you um, showed us how these strengths are divided into four quadrants. Right. And I was missing one of the quadrants, but that just made me actually look in that quadrant of yes. all the strengths yes. and realize who in my life has those strengths. Yes. So my husband, some of my really good friends have taken this course um, and just knowing. So could we talk a little bit about relationship, yes. partnership, yes. how strength finders can help us kind of create good teams yes. and help us in relationships. So let's start with just a, maybe a friendship or a significant other. How do you find strength finders to help? Definitely. And, and that's a great point you made too. The, the value of strength finders is not just in knowing ourselves, which is helpful. It's in knowing others close to us also. So to go a step further with that, I do some um, coaching with um, couples mm-hmm. and with teams. And, you know, there, what's nice about Strength Finders is it gives us a common language that we can utilize together to help unpack things that we're not quite sure um, are the case, but we sort of have some hypotheses that we're kind of right. working through about other people. Um, your point, Beth, though, about seeking out partners is hugely critical. Um, teams that are able to collaborate with one another or within, within individual members can be that much more effective. As, as another example from a client I'm working with is one of the team leaders on the client I'm working with right now. It's a, about a 10-person team um, in the commercial real estate services industry. Um, big picture thinker really creative, likes framing out the idea, but doesn't necessarily want to push all the way through to the finish line on a particular project and isn't necessarily all that detail-oriented or it doesn't excite him to get to that level of specificity. Well, another team member, um, someone who has um, some strengths in the areas of you know analytical and responsibility and who actually enjoys you know proofreading or quality control, he has maximizer as well, to your point, can take a project that's been framed up already by this first person and then run with it and make sure it's the highest possible quality that the client will then get the value of because they're getting the big picture thinker from the first person and then he's adding in the level of detail um, himself and the level of, um, of, of responsibility that he's taking is giving him that motivation to do so. And so what I found on this particular team is that the second gentleman is actually like the QC specialist. He'll be the one that all the other team members will come to when they have an idea of a proposal they're writing or a, or a complicated email or a complex project. And he'll be the one that comes in and says, hey, here's some ways that you could make this even better. And I was having a conversation with a third team member today, and he said to me, the great thing um, about this other person is that when he offers suggestions, he doesn't do so in a condescending way. He does so in a friendly way because the same person who has maximizer and analytical responsibility has a ton of relationship-building strengths. So he's actually thinking of the person first that he's working with and then able to uh, put these ideas into um, um, into motion 
to help amplify the value to the client as well too. And what I really appreciate about this particular team is they're going through an exercise um, that I asked them recently for them to do where they're specifically trying to identify when the strengths of different team members are being leveraged into and being utilized. And the way that the team members now understand one another better, the way they can jump in and say, oh my goodness, I actually see why you act this way when we're working through a project, or I can see the unique contribution that you make and how I can also make a unique contribution has elevated the camaraderie, the um, collaboration, and the communication among this team. And this is already a highly successful team that wants to take things to the next level. So it's very possible, um, even with high-functioning teams, for them to go one step further or with teams that are, you know, perhaps being a little extra help that may not be as functional as they could be to get up to a, uh, to get up to at least the status quo compared to others as well, too. And that's where StrengthsFinder helps because kind of going, I'm going to add one more kind of piece to this. I'm going to individualize it first. I'm going to kind of bring it back to a team. You know, we've probably also received performance evaluations that tell us, you know, you got to do everything great, you know, and we'll even get the performance balance. Okay, here's everywhere you where you exceed expectations and there may be five or 10 items, whatever that's be. And that's almost assumed that we'll make that contribution because we're already good at something. But then here comes the laundry list of other things, you know, for us to work on um, that may not be in our sweet spot, that may not be our strengths. And we're also expected to take those, um, you know, perhaps weaknesses or deficits and also turn them into strengths. And that's a lot of pressure, kind of going back to what we were talking about before. The value of StrengthsFinder is that that process of trying to turn everything that we're not good at also into a strength can actually be mitigated by going through a process of understanding who other people are on our teams that can complement what we might be missing, that can complement the places that we do have a deficit we may not have the motivation or the desire, or maybe it's be so darn draining or um, tiring um, for us to do something that we're not, that's not quite in our sweet spot, that we're happy to collaborate. So it's not just beneficial for the team. It actually benefits us emotionally and psychologically and even you know physically to find partners with whom we can say, yes, I'm good at A, B, and C. They're good at X, Y, and Z. Let's find a way to collaborate so that um, we don't leave the office or we don't go out of a conversation or a relationship feeling as if um, our contribution hasn't been what it otherwise could have been. So thinking about your arranger strength, the abilities um, that people have to sort of, that you have specifically, and that others have that ranger strength to actually see how pieces can be aligned and realigned with one another and be optimized is part of this strengths finder process as well too, Beth. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I think uh, just about health, we're talking yes. about health and how yes. this is a tool to yes. create more health in your organization, even yes. at work, amongst teams, in your family. Yes. I know uh, my husband, John, took the strength finder uh-huh. at the same time, and uh-huh. it was really helpful for me to see um, his strengths, maybe even some strengths that I might have seen as a weakness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but realizing this is his strength, this yes. is who he is. Right. And I know for myself, mm-hmm. learning what my strengths were in communication, I didn't mm-hmm. know that that was one of my strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, we are in a team and you kind of just assume that everyone has 
the strength. And so to have it pointed out and then to feel kind of empowered to kind of develop that, try to figure out ways um, to develop that. So that was that's helpful with coaching. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, what's interesting is that that level of empowerment can create a night and day, you know, effect, you know, in teams or even in relationships. Gallup's done a bunch of research around strengths and around leadership and around strengths-based development. And they found that folks that use their strengths every day are three times likely to have a higher quality of life. And that can extend into areas of health, you know, as well, too. And they're six times likelier to be engaged in the work they do at their job. So it's very likely that um, when we're operating in our strength zones, and we kind of know it, you know, when mm-hmm. we are, we feel more energized. You know, maybe the time flies by because we're, you know, in a deep conversation with someone that's really engrossing for us, um, or we're um, going through the process of working through a problem um, that's really complex, or maybe we're getting work done that we know needs to get done. Whatever it would be, when we're in that strength zone, we kind of know it intuitively, and we can, um, with a little bit of a little bit of reflection and intentionality. We can try to replicate that um, going forward so that we can be more and more in our strength zone and help our team members to be in strength zones as well, too. And quite frankly, this works from a business and organizational perspective. It acts, work, People working in their strength zone and their strengths actually end up increasing um, productivity and engagement and um profitability for the organizations that they're in, as opposed to those that don't have investments made in their strengths. So there is actually a valuable business strategy and organizational strategy to building in a strengths-based approach to development of team members and in the organization overall, because it does lend itself to a substantial return on the investment of time and resources as well, too. And to go once and for all, I want to pick up what you mentioned about um, what you identified um, when you know when you and your husband, John, went through this process, too. The couples that I've worked with that have um, gone through this, they have some aha moments, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, because, you know, if, if we're taking our marriages, you know, seriously, which hopefully are in a positive way, you know, Absolutely. you know, yeah. one of the things that can help is to know ourselves, know our spouses that much better. And this process of knowing our strengths and knowing our spouse's strengths and then being able to talk about it can be hugely impactful as well. Yeah, it was really helpful for us because uh, one of his top strengths is focus. Okay. And in our marriage, I have noticed he gets really focused Mm. and his focus is truly amazing. (laughs) I mean, there can be things going on all around him and, you know, chaos and and he's just very focused. Mm. And learning that this is a strength of his has really helped me in our relationship because I realized, okay, he's really focused right now. He is really getting something done that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And I have um, been able to really just allow him more space Mm -hmm. to do it, Mm -hmm. to appreciate that he's going to get this one thing figured out. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm, I'm glad he can focus as good because I don't, I don't focus. I multitask all the time. And that's kind of the arranger strength coming out. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. I I juggle at the same time while I'm singing and whatever. (laughs) And he, thankfully, which is what attracted me to him is he can really focus and he can focus on me, um, which is great because I'm not focused and he can help me focus. So um, I would say that was really helpful in our marriage, just kind of learning, 
okay, Beth, you're an arranger. You're, you know, constantly moving. Right. And then he can help me focus. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then I can help arrange. Definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's been fun. How have how else have you seen this be helpful in marriages? Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is I think there's always this question of, you know, how can we mitigate sort of our own weaknesses sometimes too. So, you know, certainly we want to focus on our and our spouse's strengths, but I think there's also an exercise of recognizing when are we operating in the balcony of our strengths and being really um, positive and impactful in a good way in our context of our marriages and our families, but also how might we be inadvertently operating in the shadow side. And what I mean by that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the shadow side. (laughs) I like that too. (laughs) I think it's it's interesting because um, when we take the steps of, it's almost an element of self-care first, you know, quite frankly, Beth, um, where we see, okay, if we're, I'll use an example, you know, from my own life, you know, um, I have achiever number one and um, kind of similar to what you described about, you know, the focus that you're husband, you know, John has, for me, um, for me, sometimes achiever manifests itself. And if I don't get certain things done on a given day, that can, you know, take a toll on me. So what I've, you know, found really helpful in terms of managing that strength so it can be applied productively um, is to say, okay, here's some boundaries within which I'm going to make sure things get done within a certain time frame. You know, and if they don't, I'm not going to let that carry over into any other element of my life, you know, in this case of my marriage or anything like that, where I'm distracted or thinking about something that did not get done. So ironically, I made a little goal of setting a boundary and the achiever side of me loves that um, because I'm then able to say, okay, I have a particular objective I'm working towards. And I know that if I call it quits at, you know, five or six o'clock that day, whatever it would be. Um, that that is a goal that's actually reached. And that's almost like the final check on the checklist as opposed to letting something drag on and on and on. So I found that to be you know helpful too. Um, the other thing that I um, continue to find helpful is when fa- spouses find how they complement you know one another, what one person may not have that the other one does, as you kind of alluded to, um, can be really helpful, but also, where can we kind of double down? Where do we both have something, you know, kind of similar? Um, you know, my wife and I have three relationship building strengths both together in our top 10. We both have connectedness and positivity and includers. There's a lot of laughter in our household. Yeah, you know? nice. <laughs> Which helps um, nice. because, you know, in our other seven, you know, that are in our top 10, quite frankly, it's like one end of the spectrum or the other, mm-hmm. you know, what she might have in her top 10, I might have down in, in the 20s or 30s or something like that or vice versa. But finding places where we can um, be intentional about saying what makes our family unique, you That's know. Great. Um, you know, for example, we both have, you know, that includer strength gives us both a desire to help folks that are kind of on the margins, you know, so some of the work that we'll do in the community or through our church will be around that. And that's kind of both where our hearts are drawn, you know, together. Um, and again, that laughter and positivity helps um, and connectedness, you know, sort of we're both always kind of asking that question, why mm-hmm. is something happening? And the ability for us to kind of just sit back, you know, at dinner or on a vacation and just start seeing bigger picture things and dreaming, you know, a little bit together is a great way to leverage the the 
dual strengths that we bring into our marriage together. And I think it also helps from a parenting perspective, you know, too, for us to recognize that we're each going to parent a little bit differently than one another. Um, and that's okay. Um, and that also there are going to be places where we can collaborate together really effectively, um, you know, when we are parenting um, the same, you know, kind of issue together too. So that definitely helps also. And there's a book called Strengths-Based Parenting that, um, you know, we found, you know, to be helpful too. And it's about both parenting and actually helping to unlock those innate talents and strengths even in our children as well too. So it really helps from a family dynamics perspective to take that approach also. Yeah, that's great. Um, when could you explain the different quadrants? Yes, yes, that would be helpful. Yeah, thank you for uh, people I'm, that have already taken it yes. and want to know what that's about. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that. Um, so the four quadrants are executing, um, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And so the way um, we can kind of think about those executing talents and strengths are. Um, our desire to basically make sure whatever we're working on is done. There might be different ways of going about that. You know, that achiever strength that I bring to the table is all about making sure something definitely happens, bringing something to completion. And that arranger strength that you mentioned that you have, Beth, and I have that at number five too, provides this inherent level of flexibility to course correct, you know, if we need to, you know, as well. But there are others that bring something like, you know, responsibility into the conversation. That means that not only does something get done, but the quality of it getting done has to be really, really high. So that's one set of, that's one quadrant, the executing um, quadrant. The next one is the influencing talent. That's all about getting the message out. Um, communication that you mentioned, um, you have, um, did you say you had maximizer? No, you had- Developer. Developer. And okay. connectedness. Conne- okay, yeah, right, right. Um, what's great about these influencing strengths is that they get give us a chance to help ourselves and help others you know, kind of move forward as well. You can kind of think of someone like, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. having, you know, charisma and being a great communicator, you know, in the I Have a Dream speech and in other times they publicly spoke. Um, some strengths he might have had could have fallen in the influencing category like communication um, and self-assurance and command. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of see how when he spoke, people listened. And that's really what's powerful about the influencing strength. And also what's nice about it is it involves an element of other awareness. So it's not just about us purely executing, although we could be influencing others to take on a role. So, um, you know, you could think of like from the I Have a Dream speech, how many people were then inspired to take another step, either in the civil rights movement or some area of their life that they may not have otherwise even contemplated, you know, before that as well. So that's the second category. That's influencing. Third category is relationship building. You know, that's it, it's it's actually about as obvious as it can sound. It's the glue that holds a team or a couple or a community organization together, especially in those trying times. So that connectedness strength that we talked about can help other people see a bigger picture or help others answer the question why, which we might bring into the conversation. You know, something like developer, which I think you shared you have, um, that's the ability to 
coach and invest and mentor other people and watch them take those steps forward. It's such a you know powerful um, strength when you're empowering someone else. Um, and there are others like positivity and um, relator that are all about the glue that holds a team or, or a couple or an organization together. And the final category is strategic thinking. And that's literally all about how do we process information? You know, some folks might have futuristic where they're always envisioning a new future or what's going to happen next. Some people might have the opposite of that, which is context, which is what's happened in the past and how can we utilize what we know from context to make good decisions now. Others might have learner, um, like I do, which is all coming up the learning curve and always being excited about taking in new information, but hopefully with some element of a practical step to it. And then others have ideation, which is this beautiful level of like creativity. A lot of art, sometimes artists have um, ideation, so my artistic clients um, can pull that in as well, too. So um, what's interesting is that even though that category is called strategic thinking, it's all about how do we think and analyze and create and ponder and reflect. So it's all about how do we spend kind of our mental energy, you know, more than anything else. And so those are the four quadrants. One analogy that I like to use that sometimes helps too is to think of like the human body, like the first category executing, that's all about the hands and the feet of putting something into action. Um, the influencing category um, is all of, is um, our mouth. You know, it's speaking by um, you know by getting the message out as well. Um, the relationship building category that's our heart. That's bringing kind of an emotional appeal or context in the situation. And strategic thinking is all about um, the mind. You know, how are we processing information? You know, neurologically. You know, if you will. So that sometimes helps. Um, folks to kind of think about those categories, executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. Um, and what's interesting about it is that um, sometimes I'm asked when someone says, oh my gosh, I'm you know missing something from one quadrant in my top five or my, my top 10, you know, does that mean I'm, you know, I'm not going to be effective in whatever role I'm doing? And my answer is always, a re- uh, it always resonates, absolutely not, because that's what opens up the opportunities for partnership like we were talking about a little bit earlier. And it also opens up some ways for us to think about how can we use combinations Mm -hmm. of other strengths from other quadrants um, to get to the same outcome. Because what StrengthsFinder is ultimately about is translating potential into productivity, that raw material into something tangible, um, that there's an outcome associated with it. So what we find once we kind of go through the process of going through an assessment and getting our results is saying, well, now that we know ourselves better, now that we know the team um, that we're on better, now that we know our spouse better, um, what can we do to translate what we know about um, one another into something that's positive and powerful and impactful um, for whatever we're called into, whether it's a particular part of our job, whether it's a part of our marriage, whether it's parenting, you know, whether it's, you know, even, you know, an interest that we have, you know, a hobby or, you know, outside work, even if, even if it's working out, you know, anything that we want to do that's primary. And I know that our focus here is on health and fitness. I would say that there's a great way to apply our strengths. I mean, so many folks that I, you know, think of um, can spend so much time asking the question, what don't I have rather than what do I have? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I missing as opposed to 
what do I actually already have inherently there? And that can impact, impact our mental health, that can impact our physiological and emotional you know, health as well too. So to have that self-awareness and self-understanding and other awareness and other understanding can be really powerful in terms of how it translates over into our lives. We're happier, we're more productive, we're more engaged, we're more focused. Um, we appreciate ourselves and one another that much more. And, and it's less about saying, hey, what do they have that I don't have? But rather it's saying, wow, they have that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that has helped me a lot in relationships. Definitely. Just learning. Because I think sometimes um, I coached a girls volleyball today. Sure. And I was telling them, you know, volleyball is a game of mistakes. You make a mistake and you right. give the other team a point. Mm. So it's so easy to focus on each other's mistakes yes. versus focus on each other's what we did well. And it's amazing. Yes. Volleyball, you tend to only remember the things that were um, not done well. Right. So what I do love about Strength Finders is that it's just a tool that can help you um, focus on your own strengths and also um, the strengths of other people. So Definitely. thank you for being on this podcast. Yes. And I always ask everyone, what are three regular kind of healthy habits that sure. you do for your own health? Absolutely. You know, first and foremost, um, Love spending time with my my son. My, my wife and I are fostering him, and he's two years old now. So just anything outside with him and with our family together is first and foremost that, you know, just life-giving, you know, number one. You know, secondly, I've... Uh, I, I, we have a little treadmill at home, and I like to run, you know, when I can too, from a physical perspective. Um, and the third one is I like spending time, kind of, you know, quiet meditation, you know, and prayer, kind of my spiritual and emotional health, you know, as well too. Those are the three things I like to focus on. But my overall kind of perspective is, you know, I want to continue to be who I am mm-hmm. and help my wife and my son and anyone else we encounter who they are as well too well thank you thank you for being on the podcast and sharing about strength finders how can people get in touch with you oh sure sure you can go to my website um lentiso.com i also have a um a facebook um page Uh, it's at tiso transformational coaching so either of those places people can get in touch with me you can also email me if they'd like at len at lentiso.com okay well thank you thanks for being on the balance by beth podcast thank you beth by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice.